You are listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Do you really think that the world can 
Listening to African Perspectives, where we review the issues of our day from an African worldview and African centered perspective. This program is unapologetically African. It is a custom in the African tradition to ask elders for permission to speak, having been granted permission to our ancestors whose shoulders we stand on, to our elders whose shadows we walk in. I greet you, my dear brothers and sisters. In the language of one of the greatest civilizations on this planet, it gave the world the basic disciplines of knowledge of science, math, architecture, music, writing, law, religion, you name it, we did it. The Greeks called it Egypt, but they called themselves Kemet, and Kemet means land of the blacks. I greet you all in the Kemetic language, the word of peace, Hotep. It is truly an honor and a privilege to pour libation because we truly do stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. We're going to use water because water has no enemies. Water is the great cleanser, the great purifier. Everything on the planet that lives, it needs water from a tiny microscopic organism to a tall redwood tree. We pour water into the earth to invoke the spirits of our ancestors and we say the word ashe, which simply means so be it. So we pour this libation to God for all that God has done and for all that God will do. We sashay. We pour this libation to Mother Africa, birthplace of all humanity, everyone who has lived, everyone who will live in the future. We all have a common ancestral root in Africa. We pour this libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. I mentioned Kemet in the opening. 
Kemet was the height, the apex, the zenith of African high culture. But there were others as well, as Tymeri, Punt, and Nubia. So he poured us libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. You say, Ashe? We poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa, of Ghana, Mali, Zangai, Benin, Great Zimbabwe. Civilizations that were flourishing and growing while Europe was in a medieval or dark age. The University of Sankare at Timbuktu, an outstanding educational institution. So he poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa. We say, Ashe? We poured us libation to the Ma'afa, the Holocaust of our enslavement, the Infakani, the great tragedy, uprooted out of Africa. Our brothers and sisters lay a carpet along the Atlantic Ocean. We're in North America, South America, Central America, and throughout the diaspora. So he poured us libation to our brothers and sisters who suffered the Ma'afa, the Infakani, the Holocaust of our enslavement, the great tragedy. We poured us libation in their honor and in their memory. We do not know their names, but because of them and their sacrifice, we are here. So we sashay. We poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. If you ever heard me do a libation, you will know that we were not slaves. I repeat, we were not slaves. We were captives. What does a captive want to do? Get free. So we poured us libation to all those men and women who fought against enslavement. In fact, I maintain that some of us are more of a slave today than we were in our initial captivity because some of us are a slave to vice, to corruption, to drugs, sex, and violence. So we poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. Gabriel Prosser, Nat Turner, Denmark Vesey, Harriet Tutman. We always resisted. And we will always resist. So we poured us libation in the name and the honor of those men and women who fought against our captivity. We poured us libation to those unborn, those young men and women who will once again lead us back on the stage of human history as a free and proud and productive people. We sashay. We poured us libation to brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of of family. We need each other. We don't have good family life. There's a saying, conditions shape conduct and consciousness. The conditions in our community are bad. The conduct towards each other is not good. Because why? We lack consciousness. And consciousness is more than just awareness. Consciousness is a deeper understanding of who you are historically, who you are culturally. So once we begin to understand the importance of brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. Brothers and sisters, let us all say, Ashe, Ashe, Ashe. Shemhotep means go in peace. Asante Sana means thank you. You are listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Good, good morning, African world. You are listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. And I am your host, Baba Oshi. Hotel family. <laughs> 
Man, I tell you, sometimes, man, I just tickle myself to death. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This is African Perspectives. We're here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., 10 to 12 Central, 9 to 11 Mountain, any other time around the world. But if you cannot listen, listen to the program live, you can always go to our archives at timeforanawakening.com. At the top of the page, you'll see podcasts. Click on that. At the drop down, you'll see African Perspectives. Click on that, and there will be programs that are dated and titled. And also, too, you can use the shortcut whatever search engine use, you know, Google, Firefox, whatever, put in the search, babaoshi.net, B-A-B-A-O-S-H-I dot net. And once again, there'll be programs that are dated and titled. Other programming we have here on Time for an Awakening Media is just this program <laughs> and... Friday's program. We we don't have the other programming. As I was talking to Brother Elliot, I just had to find out and said, at this time, this is what's happening. So this program every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. And on Friday at 8 p.m., time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. And on Sunday at 7 p.m., time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. And of course, the number to call is 215-490-9832. 215-490-9832. We buy black. We mind black. The largest online marketplace for American African owned businesses is webuyblack.com. Get everything you need from American African owned businesses. Webuyblack.com. I believe they may have a holiday package to put together if you go online to webuyblack.com with the, with the laundry detergents the toothbrushes and all kind of stuff that they do sell and produce and uh, you'll be assisting with helping us you know this holiday season <coughs> that's why to me by saying to somebody happy holidays is apropos because that's what it is. There's so many holidays around this time. You know, with Kwanzaa being one of them, they're all made up. They're all human created. So it, don't be tripping like, well, that's not just made up. Yeah, they all are. Every damn one of them. Okay? <laughs> so, and, and to me, what's most beneficial for us as a people is Kwanzaa because of what Kwanzaa can do for us. So, but anyway, let us continue on with the announcements and it off into the program for today. Africa for the Africans. Africa for the Africans. My good brother, Bomani Tahimba. You know, he's been taking our people to Africa for many years, since 06. And, and I tell you, he, we appreciate this brother tremendously for what he has done. You know, um, he had a trip back last month in November to Tanzania. It was November 17th to the 28th. And now he has a trip upcoming next week, the 24th, the 24th of December to January 5th, going to Ghana. Then he's going to Senegal and Gambia March 30th through the April 10th of next year, 2023. Then May 24th 
May 24th to June 5th, going to Ghana again. Then, July 20th to July 30th, Rwanda. Then, November 16th to November 27th, 2023, Rwanda. No, shucks, that's not Rwanda. That's Tanzania. <laughs> to Tanzania. And then December 24th to January 4th, 2024, to Azenia. To Azenia. Where, Brother Oshi, where Azenia? Where that at? South Africa. Yeah, that's what the, that's what the Afrikaners. <laughs> you know, I tell you, what a day. Okay. <laughs> and then March 29th to April 9th, 2024, to Liberia. Going to Liberia. A, a, a plot of land that the United States made for the repatriation of African people. And how terrible it was. But many of the Africans from America, the American Africans, tripping and thinking they better than the Africans on the continent, the Liberian Africans, and vice versa, to this day. <sighs> okay. But anyway, if you want to see pictures of previous tours, brothers and sisters, go to facebook.com forward slash Bomani. If you want to see videos of previous tours, go to youtube.com forward slash Bomani 2007. Also, too, if you want to give Brother Bomani a call at 404 931 9429, that's 404. 931-9429. Africa for the Africans. Dot org. Okay. Habashah. Habashah Incorporated. Habashah stands for helping Africa by establishing schools at home and abroad. And of course, back in October, they had the Kashi Project, which is very beautiful. When you go to Habashah Incorporated dot org, and look at the, the the page and the work that has been done and, and being done. You know the programs Habashah Works, Black Tar Roots, Sustainable Seeds, Golden Growers, and Urban Urban Green Jobs. These things are to help our people, to let our people know. You know we got to grow our own food. People talking about food deserts and so forth. We got to nourish our own people. Okay, Habashah Incorporated. Dot org. Ledge program. Land for the Environmental Development of Group Economics. Ledge, the Ledge Group, Brother Peter Brown. Become a member of the Ledge Group, brothers and sisters. You know, because they deal in the four areas of human existence that are so vital to us as human beings. That's food, water, clothing, and shelter. Food, water, clothing, and shelter. They have 12 projects going on in six countries on the continent with over 170 employees with over 260 members. Become a member of the Ledge Group. In fact, membership has its privileges. If you become a member of the Ledge Group, you can buy land. Now, uh, last time Brother Peter Brown was on, he said, yes, you can still buy land uh, in Tanzania at, if, as a member of the Ledge Group for $250 an acre. $250 an acre. You know, imagine you can buy two, three acres, four acres. That's a thousand dollars. Four acres of land in Tanzania. Imagine that your land is is near the Serengeti. Imagine that your land has a good view of Kilimanjaro. 
You know, I tell you. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I'm kind of discombobulated here because I got all kinds of other things going on, you know. Shucks. I got all kinds of other things going on. Uh, Abibia Toomey. A-B-I-B-I-T-U-M-I dot com. Abibia dot com. Brothers and sisters, go to Abibia dot com and become a member. Become a, a subscriber to Abibia Toomey. They have news feeds. They have shopping. They have groups. They have all kind of good stuff on Abibia dot com. This call may be recorded or transcribed. Yeah, right. Sorry about that, family. Abibiatumi.com. <laughs> it's my pharmacy. It's my pharmacy, brothers and sisters. Give Brother Jabril a call at 731-327-6229. That's 731-327-6229. It's my pharmacy. We'll give him an email. Drop him an email at smai. F-A-R-M-A-C-Y at gmail.com. That's my pharmacy at gmail.com for those who are going to try to do something for their health. I'm, I'm making this is 2023 the year of health. And boy, do I need it. And uh, he may be the right person to talk to. To clean out a plan for you. He has the supplements and all the other stuff, the holistic stuff and the, the organic stuff. He got it for you. Smile Pharmacy. The Moses West Foundation. MosesWestFoundation.org. Brothers and sisters, the Jackson Water Rescue Program is an operation. They have they have water in Jackson, Mississippi. You know, um, they have the one machine, and boy, would it be great if they had a number of machines all around the city of Jackson and so forth. You know, the bottom line is this. Moses West has created an instrument, a machine that takes the water droplets that invisible to our eyes out the air, puts them in the machine. They get sucked into the machine, going through a filterization process, and you open up a tap, and out comes clean drinking water, clean, usable water. You got problem with soil and so forth? You can use water for aquaponics. You can grow food. The only problem that situation that it has is that there's access, lack of access. There is no shortage. Even though rivers are drying up, there's all kinds of other issues in essence and in reality. There is no shortage of water, just lack of access to water. Yeah. Wadada's. Wadada's Healthy Marketing Juice Bottle, located in the West End here in Atlanta, on Ralph David Havner Nephew Boulevard, across the street from the Shrine of the Black Madonna, up the street from the um, Shrine of the Black Madonna, which of course is open for the holidays. And I think they do have a, a one day of Kwanzaa, you know. Every year since I moved here, uh, they've been having Kwanzaa like every day. 
that one of the places, there's a number of other places I've been to Kwanzaa uh, here in the city, you know, just like in Milwaukee, um, Brother Claiborne Benson had the Wisconsin Black Historical Society. He had every day of Kwanzaa, and then, of course, Josephine uh, Hill opened up the African American Women's Center, and they would uh, go back and forth. He would have Lisa Moja, and she would have uh, Imani, and have the Kamaruye Imani uh, at her place. So, and, and they, they worked out beautifully. It worked out. Okay. All right, fam. The Shrine of the Black Madonna. Uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I'm not sure about this because, you know, uh, Saturday is um, yeah. Saturday is Christmas Eve, so I'm quite sure they might be doing something for Christmas Eve. So Friday and Saturday, you can give a nice, beautiful gift because they got so much stuff at the shrine. You know that they got furniture, clothing, Kwanzaa kits, books. The Nazgat shoes, the black and green shoes, they have so much stuff. Check them out at the Shrine of the Black Madonna. Give them a call at uh, 404-549-8676. 404-549-8676. The Shrine of the Black Madonna. Located right on Rafferty by Abernathy in the West End. Near Wadada's. And of course, Wadada's have those delicious smoothies and fruit drinks and pastries and, and on Saturday and Sunday they serve vegan dishes they serve vegan dishes okay the Medu bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall brothers and sisters Mama Nia has a fine selection of books postcards greeting cards gift certificates t-shirts and so much more for your, for your Kwanzaa gifts for Zawadi for the children buy them a book for Zawadi for the children great children's books Go to go to Medu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall. Okay? Or give Mama Nia a call at 404-346-3263. That's 404-346-3263. And the same could be said about the Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore in Lithonia, which is east of Atlanta off of I-20. Exit I-20 and uh, go through the service road and at the light make a left. On the right side, you see some uh, I can't remember all the restaurants and a few bars, Dudley's. But on the left, you see the road under the underpass. Keep straight on that. And on the left, about uh, less than a mile, is the Black Dot Cultural Center Bookstore and Coffee Bar, serving my favorite delicious coffee, Cameroon Boyo. But also, too, he has books. He has the shoes. He's all so much. Brother Kazimdi Jamu. Give him a call at 770 770- 305-6373. That's 770-305-6373. Brothers and sisters, there's light in the black dot. Now jump back on I-20 going east again. So when you jump back, make a left and go east. The next exit up is Turner Hill Road, exit 75. Make that, take that exit, make a right, three lights, make another right. And on the left, on the left is the new Black Wall Street Market. And brothers, I wouldn't check it out. Some of my good friend, Brother Sajifo. And so I'm going to be doing a Kwanzaa presentation on the 30th, Friday. Friday the 30th, I'm going to be doing a Kwanzaa presentation. 
and uh, at the new like Wall Street Market that is Nia, you know, that is Nia. So on Nia, our purpose, I'll be talking about that and having some drumming and so forth. Yeah, at the new Black Wall Street Market from 4 to 7. From 4 to 7 on that Thursday, Nia. Come check me out, and more importantly, come check out the new Black Wall Street Market if you haven't, you know. Honestly, I would, you know, and that's who I am. I'm an honest man. I'm not trying to be a nobody. You know, a lot of places that were open just a few months ago are now closed in the new Black Wall Street Market. They didn't, maybe they couldn't, whatever, you know. And they've made some changes. In fact, the food court is now, right, when you enter the building, that was going to be a supermarket right there. And then it had some pop-ups in there. And now they have, that's like a food court in there. So right at the beginning when you open it up. And a number of stores are not there. Um, my brother, Mike McGee's store with the CBD. At least I, at least I couldn't find him. I saw where he was. And so where he was, and he ain't there, you know. So still some things. The um, the nightclub opened up, you know. I'm not sure. Uh, the, the Mama's Big Porch that's not open yet. There's some other areas of of the new Black Wall Street Market. I just wish we would. <sighs> Honestly, I said this before, and I'll say this again. I wish they would have found a capital. So when they opened, everything was offered. The place was, everything was offered, you know. And and many people looked at it and said, man, that's a nice place. I want to go there, you know. And and so I wish that was the case. But let's be real. Let's support it. The new Black Wall Street market. Let's get in there. Uh, they're not open. They're open Wednesday. Today and tomorrow they're not open. Open Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Okay? Christmas is Sunday. So, you know, support those businesses. In fact, one of the businesses that's there in this store, that's Afrolytics. A-F-R dash L-E-T-I-C-S Afrolytics.com He's the brother that has the sportswear African-centered themes, Dogon Starcy, the Rebels, the Zulus, the Moors, the Omex, they had Ruse, you know, Marcus Garvey, very revolutionary stuff, you know. So he's in the new Black Wall Street market. Go check him out, okay? Us Lifting Us, Us Lifting Us, the Economic Development Cooperative for Our People in the Spirit of Ujamaa Cooperative Economics or as we like to say, family-centered economics. Um, Every Thursday night, this Thursday night is no exception, they do have the Thursday night broadcast on Blog Talk Radio. That's blogtalkradio.com forward slash ULU. Us Lifting Us, the Thursday night broadcast is from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. From 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. If you want to call to listen, or you want to call to make give questions, comments, or concerns, you can dial the number 929-477-2789. That's 929-477-2789. Us lifting us.
Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop, not open today, not open on Mondays, but from Tuesday to Sunday, 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. Brothers and sisters, go to Us Lifting Us with Brother Abijah at 2910 Napier Avenue in Macon, Georgia, and check him out. He's got everything in that store, even as a restaurant. That's right, and good food, too. Brother Abijah at 478-256-1166, 478-256-1166, Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop in Macon. All right. Sun got a sense. Sun got a sense. Your one-stop natural shop located at 4140 Jonesboro Road in Forest Park, Georgia. Inside the International Discount Mall, booth 225. For more information, contact my good sister, Shelly Amonset at 404-34, excuse me, 404-334-7963. Sun Goddess Sense, your one-stop natural shop. My brothers and sisters, Sister Gabrielle really has been doing outstanding work in the northeastern portion of the island of Haiti with our children. You know, check her out. You know, it's education, health care, uh, sustainable agriculture, and entrepreneurship. You know, go to the website. Go to Sanjay, S-O-N-J-E dash Haiti, A-Y-I-T-I dot org. Sanjay dash Haiti dot org. And Baruti, they have a, uh, oh man, hold on family. Apologize, family had an emergency. Had an emergency. Things like that happen, and we can continue on. <laughs> All right. For Inye Sasim of Daily Revolutionary Thought. You know, today I'm going to be talking about Argentina. You know, we just saw the. Uh, I didn't see it. I only watched a little bit of the World Cup, especially when African countries play, because I'm cheering for Africans. You know that. You know, there ain't no sun. There ain't no earth-shattering news there, is it? Brother Baba Oshi cheering for Africans. I always cheer for Africans. The Inye Seisim of Daily Revolutionary Thought December 18th, speak the truth to the people. To identify the enemy is to free the mind. Free the mind of the people. Speak to the mind of the people. Speak truth. Poetess 
Mari Evans. No matter how economically or socially distant the European elite are from the dispossessed Caucasian masses, they are one. I repeat, they are one. The European elite still share a joint separate supremacist, exploitive, dominative, nationalist agenda with the European masses. They form one genocultural nation. They, they form one genocultural nation. Europeans who have the white masses as their constituency cannot truly risk alienating them in a game of racial politics because if they know nothing else, they know that in a political economic system grounded in white supremacy, the European masses' loyalty is first and foremost to their whiteness, to their Caucasianness, to their Uruguayness. <laughs> Unless the European elite can make the non-European masses equally blindly loyal to them, they cannot take the chance of blatantly forsaking their own for others. This is especially true if those causes undermine the European masses' survival. They are of the same mindset is most evident in the fact that any dispossessed European would gladly assume the position vacated by a dead or dismissed elite without skipping a racist beat. Whether dispossessed or elite, race precedes class in the European mind. Let me repeat that. It's race. It ain't class. It's, it's that division, you know, and there's no such thing as race, but that's what it is. Class antagonisms do not negate nationalism bound by race culture. Of this, we should remain cognizant, no matter how doggedly racial Marxist and liberal Europeans work to convince us that there is that we're in the same class with them. Uh, no, we ain't. No, we ain't. Firm, I speak to the mind of the people. Firm, I speak to the mind of the people. I speak truth. December 19th, the one who was nearest the enemy in pursuit is the real leader. The Ganda proverb. Often it is difficult to tell the real from the fake among the voices clamoring to speak for us. These infected with, those who are infected with Negroitis, or Urugu, or infected, afflicted with the Urugu virus, our psychologically, our psychological sickness within African context, a burning desire to mimic Europeans and obliterate all that is African within them, involuntarily applaud the likes of Henry Louis Gates, Cornel West, Tavis Smiley, Michael Eric Dyson, and so many others as the foremost invisible African intellectuals, even never having read or thought about the implications of what these elite Negroes have said. All they need to know is that they totally advocate sub-integrationist and interracialist agenda. They know that Europeans approve of them as evidence in the privileges awarded them which is ample evidence of their leadership. However, for those who have learned to rely on our intuition and the knowledge we have already acquired from the works and lectures of serious African-centered thinkers, those who truly speak for us are easily to identify. For knowing is not difficult task. 
Nonetheless, those in search of our truth, our, intel, our true intellectual leadership, most often none of the best indicators of whether an African scholar is or is not in our corner is the degree to which he or she is under, the, under attack. I always say, brothers and sisters, <laughs> if white folks don't like them, I love them. If, they got a, if white folks got a problem with them, I, I support them. Because he or she is on our side. Sacrifices all to remain in that battle has to struggle against Europeans and Negroes to speak our truth. Speak our truth. Affirm, I am nearest the enemy in pursuit. Affirm, I am nearest the enemy in pursuit. I say. I'm going to talk today about, you know, um, you know, I it's deep, y'all. I um, I I'm on this radio program every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and and the bottom line is to get us to think collectively as African people, to let us know that we truly have an enemy. History bears it out of all our studies. History is best qualified to award our research. The history is consistent and replete. Europeans, Caucasians, whites, Urugu, have been at us, as Dr. Chancellor Williams would say, for thousands of years with the Greeks and Romans. I'm just looking at the last 500 years with the uh, wake-up of Europeans after their dark age and claiming this collective whiteness against everybody outside of themselves to take their stuff, to subjugate them, to eliminate them, to enslave them. There is no apologies. There's nothing. There's nothing that they can do. Do I want reparations? Of course I do. But I understand too that those who got reparations were more collective, were more in sync. That is not us at this moment. But when it happens, then it's going to, because it is for our very survival. Yes. The World Cup I just mentioned earlier, I, like I said, I cheered for the African countries but there are, you know, a lot of countries um, have Africans playing for them. Are in the Olympics. <laughs> I remember there was a number of Africans who were running uh, in in track and field, uh, <laughs> running for France, running for England. You know, only country that didn't have none: Germany. <laughs> them racist bastards. You know. Only one that didn't have any was Germany. I can't speak to that. I, I, I'm not sure, you know, uh, if Germany has had some of us running for them, you know, in track and field or whatever. I know many of the other European countries, especially, especially France, especially France, England, you know, Italy, you know. 
France had a number. In fact, the top player for France was a brother. No. And of course, France has said itself, if we didn't have the colonization that we have in Africa, we'd be a shithole country. I hate France. I hate I hate all I hate all of them. You know. But I hate France because of its hypocrisy. And I remember when that situation happened in France about what was that five years ago? I, was, I just moved here, been here a couple of years maybe at that time. And the situation happened at the theater or whatever, you know, and people had uh on their Facebook page and I was upset. I even commented on them, hey, y'all, do you know who in the hell France is? Do you know what France has done? What the French have done? Oh, we stand with France. You know, putting their colors up on there and so forth. The hell with France. The hell with the French. So, so even though a lot of other countries, uh, gave up and named their colonization, but many of them still hold to uh, the money, to some land, other things that attach them so they can drain. Because, you know, throughout the continent, neocolonialism is serious today as it was right after we started gaining independence from colonialism in the 60s. And into the seventies, you know, and many. I'm never forget arguing with this Caucasian. He was in the military. He's a firefighter. He was uh, uh, my captain. Was out for a number uh, of months, and he was working in his place. He was a relief lieutenant in uh, Zimbabwe, and we had a discussion on that. And he felt that we're not ready. They need to be there. Whites need to be there. And it's just their right. Yeah. Would I say that he was really a nice guy and so forth? At the time, me not knowing, yeah. But now me knowing, hell no. But they think they're a nice guy. They think, they're, <laughs> their thinking is this is our right. This is what we're supposed to do. We have this right. <laughs> Got some clips I want to play for you. And, and, you know, since we're almost approaching the top of the hour, you know. So I'm going to come back from um, the break. Uh, yeah, with the break, um, I'm going to play two Christmas songs. Because all next week, and in fact, Friday, I'll be playing Kwanzaa, you know, and, and, and all next week, each, each, each day uh, from the, uh, from the, from the CD Seven Principles by Kwame Cobb and Shavinduka, his wife, beautiful voice, man. So I'll be playing that all next, this Friday and all next week. And, uh, but I'm going to play uh, I have four songs that um, that I over the years you know attached myself to with Christmas Nat King Cole's 
song. It's a beautiful song. You know. And I, it came on for the first, for me, I heard it on the radio. Most of the song, if there's some music, I only hear it in my car. <laughs> so, and, 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 and sometimes that doesn't happen because most times I'm listening to news. But every now and then I'll, I'll listen to the radio. You know, this is Atlanta, so there's a number of stations, different kinds of stations. The two uh, that play contemporary R&B and oldies and so forth, I listen to those two pretty much, and a jazz station out of the Clark, Atlanta, out of Clark, Atlanta. You know, but The Temptations, Silent Night, Curtis Blow, Christmas Song, and uh, Donny Hathaway, This Christmas. So those are the four songs. I'm going to do um, Silent Night by Temptations, followed by Curtis Blow. And then Wednesday, I'm going to do um, Donny Hathaway, followed by Nat King Cole, or vice versa. Who knows? But those are four songs that over many, many years, you know, I like those songs. I don't like Christmas. You know, I was just talking to a friend, and uh, she's thankful because this money situation is not happening, that she's not into that. You know, she's got some grandkids. She might do something for the grandkids, but that's about it. Ain't no gift-getting, gift-sharing, and buying none of that. I'm just going ahead because, you know, for the kids, let the baby have Christmas. No, tell them the truth. Tell them the truth. <laughs> my daughter sent out a thing on Facebook about my grandson. <laughs> and he found out there was some situation that uh, that happened. And something broke. And she said, oh, that's okay. I still got the receipt. <laughs> I thought Santa brought this. <laughs> How'd you get the receipt? Because <laughs> you bought it. <laughs> you take it back because I got the receipt. Yeah. 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 African people and European holidays. I suggest that you look, read. Uh, the brother has the same birth date as mine, Dr. Dr. Barishango, Akachimusa, Barishango, Dr. Barishango, outstanding. African people and European holidays. I reject everything that the European is. I mean, he, this deserves rejection. I don't know about you, but to me, it deserves rejection. When you look at this history, to me, they can't say shit to me. I would not find nothing. Do I know some Caucasians that would decent? Yes, okay. I know some Caucasians, but they, it's just like I heard the man War of D. Muhammad of nation, uh, of, of, uh, well, you know, he left the nation. And, of course, Farrakhan revived the nation under after the leadership of War of Dean Muhammad, who, who led the people to Orthodox Islam, you know. But he said something. He said, you know, and it says in Islam that they can be friends, but they cannot be protecting friends. So you cool, but I can't, I don't, I don't look to you to 
deal with my problems. I don't look to you issues that happen in my community. I don't look to you because really it is you that has caused these problems. You cool with me, miss me and you, but your people, oh hell no. Mm-mm. So, yeah. forward to Kwanzaa. I really do. Because you can use Kwanzaa as a vehicle for our liberation. You can use Kwanzaa as the mindset for us to change because that's what Kwanzaa is supposed to be about. Not just seven principles, light a candle each day and talk about it, da da da. The symbolism of no. The principle of it. The effectiveness that it can be with instilling unity Kujimoja, unity in your life. Kujitakalia, to being self-determining, to name yourself, to do for self. Ujima, collecting work and responsibility. Working together in the community. Working together in your home. Ujama, spending money with each other. Supporting one another. Damn it, there are some people for this holiday season which is the majority of our people and you and I know it the majority of our people ain't gonna spend a goddamn dime for the African business the majority I put money on it there's some communities that don't have American African business, but you can always find them. You can always go to the internet, you can find them. Could we buy black? <laughs> There's many others. If you didn't spend no money and buy anything, donate. Donate to Moses West, the Moses West Foundation.org. All the other ones that I mentioned every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday of, of services. Goods. Nia. Purpose. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna be talking about on the on the thirtieth. Purpose. What is our purpose? What are we what should we be doing to fulfill our purpose as African people to our future? to our communities, our family, to our continent. What is our purpose? Creativity. The genius of African people. After all that we have been through. And yet still we rise. Still we we create. Kumba. Creativity. Imani. Faith. Not just a faith in a, something outside of us, the supreme being, but a faith in ourselves, a faith in each other, that regardless of whatever obstacles or roadblocks or detours or pitfalls, that we will overcome them together. Faith. So, I'll be talking about that and all next week. 
starting Monday, of course, is the first day of Kwanzaa, the 26th, Yamoja, Unity. And how important it is. The underlining theme, brothers and sisters of Kwanzaa, is unity. The underlining theme. We, we're not an individualistic people, but we've been trained to be because that's how Europeans are. It's how Caucasians are. Individualism is a European Caucasian desire. I think, therefore I am. <laughs> you know. More, more, more individualism. Getting more, more, more. But for Africans, collectivism is an African imperative. It is a must. We are a collective people. It's just like when the European saw these kids and told them, all right, starting from this point, this tree here, I want you to run to that tree way down there, and the first one that gets down there is going to get this basket of goodies. All the kids took off at the same time. They got there. No, no, no. I said, no, just one of you. Want to see who's the top, who's the best, who's the king of the hill. He said, no. This is Ubuntu. Together. Ubuntu. It's the one you see where the, 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 the image where the, the symbol of the children with their feet all together in the circle. It's unbroken. They're all together. I hated the fact that uh, Boston Celtics used Ubuntu in 09 to defeat was that 08? I think it was 08 to defeat the Los Angeles Lakers. Once again, Boston beats the Lakers in the finals. Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, Rajon Rondo, Playoff Rondo. Playoff Rondo. Yeah. Yep, they beat the Lakers again. And their war cry was Ubuntu. Together. Ubuntu. Definitely down with that. And of course, the next year, the Lakers beat Orlando. It's a good series. And then the next year was Boston. And we got our revenge. In fact, um, they beat them. They beat them. They beat the Boston Celtics. But if you're a real Laker fan, if you're a real Laker fan out there, and you say somebody who's a real Laker fan, you tell them, "Oh yeah, of the 17 championships, what is the most prized championship? What year?" And if they don't say 1985, they ain't real Laker fans. Because it was 1985 that finally the Lakers beat the Celtics. And not only that, they beat them in Boston Garden. They beat, they beat them on the parquet floor in Boston Garden. Finally. After all the, the, the torture and torment that I've gone through in my because I'm a Laker fan since, since I was a young person. So I was you know, yeah, they beat them finally. Anyway, let's get to some music, come back, and we're going to talk about the soccer championships, Argentina. 
of all, every, like I said, every team has some brothers on the, you know, you know, United States, of course. Britain or, or England, yes. France, yeah. But Argentina, South America, Latin America, Brazil always had, in fact, the most storied soccer player of all time is Pele. Pele. Santos of Brazil. I remember having a discussion. He ain't black. I said, I told him, I told this cat, this is like the, this is the 60s. This is the late 60s. I said, yeah, man. I mean, I think it was like 69 or even 70, whatever. You know, I said, yeah, man. Pele, man, he, he black. No, he's not. He's not black. He's Brazilian <laughs> or some shit like that. You know, there are more Africans in Brazil than any country except Nigeria. You know, many Africans in uh, Venezuela, Colombia, all throughout Central and South America except Argentina. What happened? That's what we're going to talk about when we come back. Yeah. Brothers and sisters, you're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. We're going to, like I say, play some of these old, old school pieces of Christmas songs. What is yours? I don't got none. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. No, that's not it. Is that it? I'm going to play the Temps. I'm going to play the Temps, then I'm going to play Curtis Blow. How about that, family? Yeah, how about that? All right. You're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. We'll be right back. You stay with us. You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Yeah. 
Was the night before Christmas, and all through the Hold it now, wait, hold it. That's played out. Hit it! Don't you give me all that jive about things you wrote before I was alive. Cause this ain't 1823, ain't even 1970. Now I'm the guy named Curtis Blow, and Christmas is one thing I know. So every year, just about this time, I celebrate it with a rhyme. Shake it, gonna bake it, gonna make it good Gonna rock, shock, rock it through your neighborhood Gonna ring it, gonna sing it till it's understood My rapping about to happen like a knee You were slapping, or oh, I told you you've been tapping On a hunk of wood But a red suited dude with a friendly attitude And a slave full of goodies for the people on the block Got a long white beard, maybe looks kind of weird And if you ever see him, he can give you quite a shock Now people let me tell you about last year When the dude came flying Well, the home was out, those on the ground. Folks stayed in to party down. The beat was thumping on the box. And I was dancing in my socks. And the drummer played at a solid pace. And the taste of the bass was in my face. And the guitar player laid down the heavy layer of the funky chunky rhythm of the disco key. Started to participate, and I can sure appreciate the sound so sweet. We were all in the mood, so we had a little food and a joke and a smoke and a little bit of wine. When I thought I heard a hoop on the top of the roof, could it be it wasn't me? I was feeling super fine, so I went to the attic where I thought I heard the static on the chance that the fans was somebody breaking in. Put the noise on the top with a reindeer pop, just a trick, say and I let the sucker in. Chin, chin, chin. He allowed, he was proud of the hairy little crowd on the point of 
heads. Why not get the music hot and our chance of dance beneath the mistletoe? So he went downstairs and forgot his scared. And he rocked the spot and danced like a pro. And every young girl tried to rock his world. But he booked the Yogi Yogi till he had to go. And before he went, this fine old Jake bought a gift with a sip to his big red bag. In the top or the bottom, he reached in and got a toy for the boys for the girls' glad rag. Too. A new TV and a stereo you. A new Seville bought as blue as the sky. The best that money couldn't buy. Cause money could never ever buy the feeling. The one that comes from not concealing. The way you feel about your friends. And this is how the story ends. The dude red back at the bowl of North. Well, everything is cold. But if he were right here tonight, he'd say, Merry Christmas. And to all...
Listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Welcome back, brothers and sisters. Once again, you're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. Two of Baba Oshi's favorite, two of the four favorite Christmas songs. Yeah, <laughs> Curtis Blow. Yeah, that's in the seventies, y'all. Late seventies, I think, or early eighties. And that's, I mean, them things that all those things are kind of timeless, man. Yeah, Nat King Cole was in the sixties, might be late fifties. Chestnuts roast. Yeah. Anyway, let's get to the subject at large. You know, the subject at hand, which is, which of course is Argentina. Argentina raced this. African population. Argentina erased this African population. You know, how did they do it? We know why they did it. But let's just talk about the uh, the soccer matches. Then we'll get more in depth about how they did it. And of course, you definitely uh, should give us a call and give us your perspective, your African perspective, or any questions, comments you may have at 215 490 Four nine zero nine eight three two. Here's a nice piece here. Why there are no Argentinian black players? Written by Judy Dodder. As I watched the Argentina and Iceland match today, I wondered why there were no black players in the Argentinian team when other South American teams had black or biracial players. I remember the conversation I had last year. It was while I was on a cruise from Florida to the Grand Cayman Islands in the Caribbean. Between an Argentinian doctor and myself, who had walked up to me during lunch one day and struck up a conversation with me. There was no hiding the attraction. We had bonded much to the chagrin of her three Argentinian friends. On the deck of the ship that day, she kept going on about how she loves black men and looks forward to traveling so she can meet them. I asked her, Don't you have black people in Argentina? She said with a matter-of-fact candor, no. A long time ago, after slavery, we killed them all. I was taken aback. She smiled and continued. Very bad. I am ashamed of my people. It was very systematic, though. Very well thought out. First, they forced most of the men to fight for Argentina against Paraguay. They knowingly sent them into battles that were poorly planned so that the Paraguay army would do for them what they couldn't themselves do. Kill the blacks. Most of them died there. The remaining of them they forced to live in this province where there was a plague. 
a disease that the government refused to curb so that it can also do for them what they couldn't do. Kill the blacks. They refused to set up hospitals, clinics, adequate shelter, food outlets, and nothing. They created the best environment for the disease to thrive. It killed the rest of the men that had survived the war. The darker you are, the higher the chance they will send you to that place to live or to the war to die. The lighter-skinned women, they force them to sleep with white men so that their children are biracial. Then they forced the children when they grew older to sleep with white men so that the blackness of the skin of the children became whiter and whiter until there was no longer any visibly black people seen. It was so bad that blacks fled to Chile, Peru, Bolivia, Brazil, and even Paraguay where they were better treated even though not as well as they should be treated as human beings deserving full equality. At least those ones did not want to kill them and accepted to give them protection and a means of livelihood. As a matter of fact, in Chile, there was a city called Arica where black people were so accepted and respected that in the 1700s two black free men, one called Anzares, were elected mayors. But the white colonial masters from Spain came six months later and nullified the elections. They were afraid of other cities giving black people too many rights. But the blacks who had found soccer did not complain. They sent word for others to flee Argentina and come join them. After all what was cancelled elections compared to certain death. Then she went silent as though trying to replay the magnitude of the crime in her mind again. Then she said it in a somber tone in order to drive it home to me. The ones the Argentinians did not kill through war or disease and rape and impregnate fled the country and ultimately we got rid of the blacks. I listened in rising sorrow. She continued academically. So although they abolished slavery in 1815 in Argentina, it continued until 1853, after that the main preoccupation of the leaders was how to get rid of the black slaves and their descendants. Our president who ruled us from 1868 to 1874, Domingo Faustino Samiento, wrote in his diary in 1848, this was long before he became president and slavery ended that, in the United States. Four million are black, and within 20 years will be 8 million. What is to be done with such blacks, hated by the white race? It shows that he was already thinking of how to eliminate black people before he became president, and when he became president, he succeeded. Didn't the world say anything? No. They ignored it. I am sure most of them wanted to do the same thing but failed. At that time, they admired them. I remember when I would go to Brazil as a child, my father's friend would say in disgust as he looked at the black Brazilians, we should have had your guts and finished them off. All of them. Make Brazil white just like Argentina. And the Europeans. She laughed. It is an open secret, just like King Leopold and his genocide in Congo. No one talks about it, but they know about it. At least the older ones do. The younger ones not so much. Why do you think all the Nazis ran to Argentina after World War II? I was silent. She continued. Because it was the perfect place for the most evil racist in history to live. Then she looked out to the infinitely blue sea around the ship and sighed audibly before she continued. Sadly, to some extent, it still is welcoming and accommodating of racial hatred. We took the tango from the African slaves and made it our own. In Argentina, not one person will tell you the true history of that dance. They don't want to associate it with Africa. 
In fact, if you ask them about black people in Argentina, they will tell you that there have never been black people in Argentina. They teach them in schools. They rewrite history. They make it all white. And as I said, it is all underneath the surface. They never come out and say they hate black people. Argentina is only for whites or anything like that. They have just fixed the country to only be for white people. I looked at her friends, Argentinians like her, who were lounging on the chairs on the deck, clad in their tiny bikinis, drinking pina coladas, and smiling. She followed my gaze and then turned to me. Don't be fooled by all those smiles. Scratch the surface and you will see that all they want is for you to disappear. This podcast was brought to you by me. Yes, brothers and sisters, they just would love if we just disappeared. Just vanished. Exactly. There's no more cotton to pick. You know? There's no more tobacco. Sugar. Work is done. Buildings. All that's done. Now go. And so why I come here every Monday and Wednesday and Friday saying we must unite. We must unite. All this divisiveness, all this petty differences, we must kick them to the curb and we must unite. It is for our very survival as a people, for control of our land and our resources. It is right there for us. It's not here. It's not there. It's not in the Caribbean. No, it's in Africa. We must unite. Put a declaration out. Train ourselves to defend it. The declaration is is that all the things that have happened to Africans in the last 500 years, particularly, and even more before, where we were not a conquering people. We didn't go someplace and take your stuff and subjugate you. Even in uh, Central America, long before the Europeans came to this hemisphere, the Olmec Empire, the Olmec Empire is a perfect example of African interaction with indigenous people. Those stone heads, you cannot deny they are African. The proof is there. But we didn't come to destroy them. We came to share. That's all we've ever done. Yes, we may have had to expand borders and Kemen and Kush and so forth to protect our land from invaders. So brothers and sisters, this is what we must do. This is what we must do. I got a piece of my play on Wednesday. And then, of course, on Friday, we'll talk about Kwanzaa. Yeah, we'll talk about Kwanzaa. As we have been for the last, <laughs> every program around this time that we do, we talk about Kwanzaa. Yeah. So, yeah. After this piece, we'll open the phone lines and give us a call at 215-490-9832. 215-490-9832. 
This is one of the first free black towns in the Americas, San Basilio de Palenque, Colombia. Listen to the drums, explore the murals, and study the dancing. It was founded around 1603 by self-liberated Africans who escaped from the slave ports of Cartagena, Colombia. Spanish colonizers relentlessly tried to destroy this town, but centuries later, it's still standing. And this is the only black president Colombia has had. They purposely erased him from history books. Government officials even sent his official presidential portrait to Paris to whiten his appearance. You may not have expected to find stories like these in Latin America. See, the dominant narrative is that racism doesn't exist in the region, just class issues. And I'm here to tell you, that is a lie. It's a very convenient cop-out for Latin America and for Latinos, Latines, to say, well, it's not as bad as the U.S., and they're right, it's worse. This is a story about Latin America's long and brutal history of erasing and silencing black populations and its ploy to whiten society. Here's the thing. Anti-blackness is so deeply ingrained in the Latin American region that it's often ignored or defended. Like in the case of Dominican baseball player Sammy Sosa, who downplayed using a bleaching cream that whitened his skin. From Peruvian newspapers using 159 different races adjectives to describe African-descended people, to terms of endearment like mi negrita, which actually stem from the idea of people as property, to blackface used as a form of entertainment. It's all part of a slew of everyday racism. There is plenty of evidence showing that racism is rampant in Latin America, but many Latin Americans have evaded accountability by treating racism as solely a U.S. problem. Unlike the U.S., where racism was upheld by legal separation like Jim Crow laws, you're not, you're not a Texan if you're not for segregation. Countries including Colombia, Mexico, and Brazil encouraged the mixing of different racial types, known in Spanish as mestizaje. As a result, this ideology of mixing has been used for centuries to deny the presence of Black and Indigenous people throughout the region. This idea that everyone is mixed also has been completely overblown because Latin America is not unique in its mixedness. But that has been the mantle that it has taken up, taken upon itself so that they, you can evade accountability. How can we be racist if we're all mixed? Well, you certainly found a, very many ways to be. Meet Dash Harris Machado. She's Panamanian-American and the producer of Negro, a docuseries about Latino identity. We all know those, those, um, those sayings. You're, you're treating me like a Black person. Uh, trabajar como, como un negro, working like a black person, don't marry a black person, come on. Be serious, again. And everybody knows these sayings. This is from, this is every single last country. Like, stop playing with us. Stop playing in our faces. To understand how deep anti-blackness runs in the region, let's go back a couple of centuries, starting with the wars of independence from Spain for the region now known as Latin America. Meet Simón Bolívar. He's considered the great liberator of Latin America. 
but he wouldn't have liberated anything if it wasn't for the help of Haiti, where rebellion by enslaved Africans created the only free republic in Latin America and the Caribbean at the time. Haitian President Alexandre Pition agreed to help Bolivar on his quest for liberation under one condition. If Bolivar won, he had to abolish slavery and the new republic he was fighting for. Bolivar agreed, and a few years later, he defeated Spain throughout South America and declared himself president of present-day Colombia, Venezuela, Panama, Ecuador, Peru, and Bolivia. Around 60% of soldiers who fought for Bolivar were black, but Bolivar betrayed them. His promise to completely abolish slavery was a lie. He even complained that black soldiers were audacious to want absolute equality. They had to wait 40 years after the war to gain their freedom. Bolivar and many other white elites feared that they would eventually be outnumbered by black and indigenous people. So he maintained Latin America's colonial, racial, and class hierarchy to keep control among the white elites. Bolivar believed in liberation, but only for some. Whites will not give up anything to black people, or in general, unless it benefits them more. We're talking about a definite racial and social stratification that was um, the foundation of the region and in which the region still adheres to. Nothing has changed. Anti-blackness was baked into the foundation of the region, but that anti-blackness didn't stop with Bolivar. See, the emancipation of slavery was a threat to the social hierarchy in Latin America. So white elites came up with a plan to systemically, physically, and culturally wipe out black people. How did the region do it? Mass white European immigration while banning the immigration of non-whites. Welcome to the Blancamiento and Brancamiento period, which literally mean to whiten. The goal was for future generations to no longer have visibly Black and Indigenous people, so that the national identities in these new nations would be associated with whiteness. In this period, elites aimed to make Black people disappear through their gradual absorption into the white race. Over 10 million European immigrants settled in Latin America between 1880 and 1930, with 90% of them going to Argentina, Uruguay, Cuba, and Brazil. Brazil even went as far as to pay for transportation costs from Europe and passed a law making European immigrants automatic citizens as soon as they arrived. European immigrants were given preference over Black people in jobs, housing, and education. And the impacts of this are still felt today. Today, over 78% of Afro-Brazilians live below the poverty line. There have been many attempts to resist the relentless oppression of Black people in Latin America. In Brazil, the unified Black movement has challenged racial and class discrimination since the 70s. And in Colombia, Francia Marquez has led the battle for Afro-Colombian land rights since she was 15. She gave a voice to people who didn't feel represented by the white elites who ruled Colombia for centuries. And in 2022, she was elected Colombia's first black vice president. Después de 214 años, logramos un gobierno del pueblo. El gobierno de los nadie 
si las nadie de Colombia. So the policies aimed at erasing black people from society failed, but they successfully created many obstacles that prevented Afro-descendants from accessing land, education, and the labor market. And that's why you can't talk about the current conditions of black people in Latin America without acknowledging the centuries of discrimination, racism, and oppression. Dash says that in order for anti-blackness to be dismantled, people have to give up power. Our power needs to be seized. Because we're talking about lived and material conditions when we're talking about anti-blackness. It's not just simply someone not liking me because they're anti-black. We're talking about systems that decide people's life and if you will even have a life. This means it's not just about acknowledging and celebrating Black people's contributions in Latin America during festivals or national holidays, but about reparations and setting up systems that actually benefit Black communities. It's about repair and transformation. And it cannot be, it cannot be up to the same people who benefit from my subjugation. Despite these challenges, Black people throughout Latin America continue to fight for equality. And just like San Basilio de Palenque, Black communities are still standing. And still I rise. Yes, sir. And still I rise. Yeah, family, I tell you. (laughs) It's deep, ain't it? Some people didn't even know that, you know, that that was happening. And But then you don't really look at, and a lot of people go to uh, Caribbean, maybe go to Latin America, maybe you go to Brazil, Mardi Gras, whatever. And because we've been trained to be detached or individual, you don't think of what's happening to the people, you know, when I went to Brazil, it was Mardi Gras, you know, and the analysis was deep because the people live for Mardi Gras. The poor brothers and sisters making costumes. They don't make the same costume, just like the Mardi Gras Indians in New Orleans. They don't wear the same costume every year. So after that year's done, they start to do it again. It's the only time that they feel they have some worth. People look at them, they parade through the samba, the samba drone. Man, there is no doubt, brothers and sisters, there is no doubt in my mind, I hope it's in your mind, that the only solution is unity, functional unity, the only solution to African problems is to go home to Africa. The only solution is to go in front of whatever world body, the UN, the Hague, whatever world body, and declare, considering all the stuff that has happened to us over these centuries, we're going home and we're asking everybody who's there who definitely are not supposed to be there in North Africa, the Arabs, 
in Central Africa, the Indians, in South Africa, the Europeans, and wherever else they are, to get the hell out and go home so we can come home and work with brothers and sisters. Get them to, I mean, you can keep your uh, so-called cultural identity, but we don't suffer because we're Yoruba, Fulani, Igbo, Akan, or none of those things. We suffer because we are Africans. The European didn't give a damn about those. Whether you came from Central, South, East, or none of that. You African. We can find ways to celebrate those things. But the bottom line is, you recognize I'm an African. And I work with Africans for our very future, our very survival. To control our land and control our resources and be players in the world. Just as, just as Kwame Nkrumah said. Not to flaunt our wealth, but to, to, to show the world how best to work together in unison, in harmony, with respect for human life. It is up to us. If it is going to happen, it is up to us. It's still a ways away, I understand. I just hope that I am before I expire, before I transition, at least see it on the horizon. I say that, yes, it is happening because the brothers and sisters on the continent, the brothers and sisters, wherever we are in the diaspora, are coming together. Just like this thing that just happened, and we're going to talk about that too, this past weekend. All these African countries coming in begging, begging, United States, big in all these other European countries, big in Russia, big in China. Now the United States want to try to find some way to stave off the deep cultural and monetary imposition of China on Africa. <laughs> but when you didn't, you didn't try to build nothing. You try to destroy stuff. When when uh, after. You have assisted other European countries of raping Africa. The Chinese came in and said, I'll build some roads. I'll be more of a, a, a partner. You didn't do that. You showed no humaneness. Now, I ain't down with the Chinese either. I know their ulterior motive. And, if, and, and then even though I heard that they want to put 300 million they want to put 300 million Chinese in Africa. I've seen things that, that have been shown on YouTube about Chinese behavior and attitude in Africa. Listen, brothers and sisters, that I say this out of my love and respect for Nana John and Henry Clark, who told us we have no friends. We have no friends. We need to close ranks, pull our resources, and do for Africans. You want a friend? Go look in the mirror. And don't leave that mirror till you like what you see. I ain't talking about no damn arched eyebrows, cleft chin, dimples in your damn cheeks. I'm talking about who you are culturally. Who you are. 
don't leave that mirror until you know who you are historically. Don't leave that mirror. And then once you understand that, then you love everybody that looks like you, that has your hair. And even if they don't have your hair, but they you. And they recognize they want to be you as an African to work together, to come together. I got some folks in the queue if you want to talk about this and add something to the conversation. Hit star twice. Hit star twice and you can continue the conversation. For those who are listening but want to uh, say something, add to the conversation. Got a comment, question, or concern? Dial 
millions upon millions upon millions have died. Today's program was how uh, Argent, Argentine became white. You know, in, Ar- in, in Argentina, you know, uh, there were Africans there, but one so-called slavery, and they, they systematically killed them, and they uh, imported a lot of Europeans. You couldn't, uh, no, uh, uh, only uh, non-Africans or non-indigenous people could go into Argentina, and they started killing them. And then if Caucasian men made it with an African woman, especially some light-skinned woman, the baby was lighter. Then that baby would only be made with a Caucasian person, so the baby can come lighter than that, and so forth and so on. So, so, and the reason why we're talking about this because the Argentine soccer team won the World Cup, and they have no African players, no dark-skinned players on Argentinians' World Cup. Now, other teams in uh, uh, South America, particularly Colombia, has a, a number of, of African. Uh, um, uh, Venezuela. Well, they're basically, I've, I've, I've they're been basically missionary. Huh? They're basically um, soccer missionaries, those Africans. It's, it's, a lot of them are, are, are not indigenously born no, but Africans the, to no. that country, like the French state. Right, right, French. The French, cause French because of French colonization of Africa. Right. I was just saying early in the program, if you was listening, <laughs> but no, I, was, I know Jay, but I was saying in the program that I never forget some 20, 30 years ago, I was watching the Olympics and, and, and the track and field. All of them, all of them had Africans running for them, except Germany, except Germany. They all, England, Italy, France, they had Spanish, they had some Africans, especially in the sprints especially in the sprints. And then, of course, now they have Africans running distances. They get them uh, from the East Africa. They get them from Ethiopia, Eritrea, Somalian, the East Africans. So the West Africans uh, are the sprints. And the East African, East Africans, they're the marathons, the 15,000, those, those kind of things. So, you know, so, right. and in fact, there was a thing, I don't know, you should know this because it was New York either New York or Boston, they did not want to have Africans uh, because they were winning. And, 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 and the prize money would have to go to them. They wanted the prize money to go to some American player or some uh, runner or a Mar- uh, uh, Boston like runner. Boston. Yeah. That, that, that's, the, in, that's in line with the, with the behavior yeah, of Boston. Of, um, of Boston. Yeah. That don't, yeah. New York is little is a little too um, liberal for that type of, um, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, racism. Yeah. Or they pretend, I, well, I, I, my apologies, they pretend to be. Right, exactly. You, you, but but the bottom you, line was, it, even though they were excluding him, then eventually they had to let those runners run. And they just dominated. Right. They dominated, you know? So, you, was, so you were saying... That the Arab, that the um, Argentina team was mostly light skinned Argentinians. All of them. All of them. All of them. Okay. All of them. All of them look Caucasian. What they did in the 1800s, they killed most of them. The other ones, they bred them out. If a uh, African woman made it with a Caucasian man, that offspring a little high yellow would now be mated with another Caucasian person, high yellow again, and so on. 
So they they they, so they bred them out. That Argent, so you're saying that the people of Argentina yeah. has basically weeded out yes. um through yes. birth to yeah. dark skinned Argentinians. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's what so they that's did. Like, that's like what the that's like in the, a Dominican, sense, the Dominican Republic. What the Dominican did. Yeah, Dominican Republic, same thing. Yeah, same All thing. Right. Gotcha. You know, but it was too strong in the Dominican Republic. You know, because yeah, well, the Dominican. Uh, yeah. I mean, well, look you at the, know, look at look at the Dominican. Everyone at yeah. baseball being their number one sport. All those Dominicans are African looking. If they didn't yeah. speak Spanish, you would not tell. You could think they were American African, but all of them. But they all have Caucasian wives because the mothers who are African looking, and probably their father, but the mother don't bring nobody up in this mother that's look like me. Go get some of these. But you know, you know. Oh, I could tell you this from my own experience, as even as a child, man. I ain't never like or wanted that white skin type look. I, I, I mean, man, I, I didn't even want my daddy to come to school for me until I was around eight years old or walk me to school or nothing like that because I thought he was white. And that, <laughs> and, and mind you, and mind you, I was a kid. I didn't, you yeah. know what I mean? But it's always been honest with me my disdain and dislike for the cracker. I, yeah. I always knew the cracker wasn't yeah. shit from yeah. birth. A lot of people don't have no, that. No, of because course they don't. Look at the way of course we, we don't. behave. Right. Huh? We, yeah, I mean, the way we behave, it's like we love the cracker yes. more than we love our own African self. Of course. It just amazed me. It just amazed me when you see some dark-skinned sister with this pale-skinned dog, mm -hmm. and they act like it's the best thing in the world. I just, I just shake my head, man. I mean, it looks, it looks absolutely freakish to me when mm -hmm. you, when you look at it. A real good dark-skinned black woman with what's called. I, I remember the time I found out that all free wooded. Had her Urugal. Yeah. I was like, man, yeah, I'm not yeah, messing with you no more. Yeah, you were I surprised. I was surprised. I can't, I can't deal so with you. I can't never deal with you yeah. again. But there's so many. Let me let me catch a couple of these calls. Yeah, go ahead. Do you think? All right, stay on. Here we go. 202. Good afternoon, 202. Is that me? Yes. Hey, how y'all doing? Doing well, my brother. How are you today? I'm, I'm good. You know, I always... I always think how maybe we have missed the turn that we should have taken. And so right now we are in a situation where we were trying to go somewhere and we missed the turn. And so what do you do when you realize you missed the turn? You know, I mean, practically Thank you. Should speaking, you, you should, shouldn't you make a U-turn and go back to that same, I mean, just because you missed that turn and now you want to roll that, you don't know where you're going, and you don't know what you're headed into. But if on that road that you know is going to be self-determination, self-actualization, something that you know and benefit us, I think you make that U-turn. That's what you do. Get yeah, you back on the right back. track. 
you got to go back. You, you got to go back. And I think that, and 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 far too many of us think that if we just keep going the way we're going, mm-hmm. that things are going to work out. But we're going to go off a cliff <laughs> if we keep going the yeah, way that we go. Exactly. We see the only the only sure road, and, and you touched right. The only sure road is to go back in the. It, in the way that you came, that you got there, and correct a mistake mm-hmm. by in the turn that you should have taken, that now this time you'll take exactly. You know, I, I often think about how, not often, but it was an impressive thing in my mind how what happened in Germany, where you know the so-called Jews were going off to these places that they didn't know exactly what was at the end of it, but they voluntarily went along and they would get to a point in the road where they could either go right or go left. And this really left an impression on my mind mm-hmm. when I was a, when I was a youngin, and, and the people that went right or left, they never saw them again. And in my mind, I would think, well, damn, why didn't they just go back? Because they knew what was back there. Because mm-hmm. that's where they came from, right? But to go off into uncharted territory, you don't know what's waiting for them. Well, as we know now, death was waiting for them. Mm-hmm. Or at, at at either exit, they had gas chambers lined up waiting to accommodate them. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I'm just convinced that if we don't do something, we, you and I are probably at the age now where we may not. Uh, actualize this but oh no we have I, I got to, well, no well let me finish because i want to say we got children young people and not all of them are going to think like that but it only takes one or two to get the ball rolling mm-hmm. sometimes you know it only takes one or two people take the, the russian revolution was basically done by 12 people and look at it now. They right. stand in the U.S.'s face and stick yeah. their chest out and say, cross this line, yeah. motherfucker, and it's on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But that started with just 12 people. Yeah. Well, look at and it, look. so we got more than 12 people that realize the essential path to our progress. And it doesn't include white people. That's right. It doesn't mean we got to exclude them, but we can't take no direction from them. No. Any, all, no, all they got. No, we don't want no opinions. All they got for us is slavery. Mm-hmm. Death. 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 I hear you, brother. So we know that through mm-hmm. history. Mm-hmm. So if every time I walk out the house, a dog bites me, I need to find another exit route. <laughs> yeah. But we don't We don't, we don't do, do that. that. We, we, don't we, do try, that. To make, we yeah. try to make the dogs not bite us. Right. We try to make the dogs. Instead dog. of realizing a dog is only doing what a dog does. We got to change what the dog's what we been do. trained to do. Been trained to do. You know, just like the car. Man, I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's just amazing. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. And, and I don't know. Does that make me different from most people? Or is it just I'm willing to, I don't give a damn what people think about what I say. I'm going to say what I got to say. Then that, no. That doesn't make you, you know, you just, you you recognize the situation that we're in. You think beyond the borders. You think beyond. You think beyond the imposed boundaries that Europeans have placed on us. You, as they say, you outside the box, right? That's what you do, and you understand that, and you recognize too the direction that we need to go, and you're trying to continue to steer us in the right direction, and that's why we need your voice. 
Well, I appreciate that, yeah. but I mean, to, you know, it, it comes to a point where it's almost common sense. And if you do stuff that's yeah, well, against your own common sense, I mean, when yeah. I eat like That's you, why common sense ain't too common, is it? <laughs> well, you know, you come to realize that, man. Yeah. But when we were young and, yeah. you know, our, our parents told us, don't do this and so, and we did it, we were punished. Yeah. And then when we got to the age where we said, well, the hell with punishment. I'm going to mm-hmm. do it anyway. I'm willing to accept the punishment. Mm-hmm. Then I get to an age where I can go out and live my own yeah. life and don't have to worry about getting punished. That's yeah. where we are right now. Yeah, we got to we got to realize, man, this might take a couple. This might take 30, 40 years. Yeah, we, I but if we're on the right path, if we're on the right path, we'll yeah. get there. I've got but if caller. we continue down this dead end street. We going off That's the right. Cliff. That's right. I got another call I'm going to get to, my brother. Just hold on, okay? Thanks, brother. Thanks, brother. Right, man. 443-443. Good afternoon, man. How you doing, my brother? <laughs> brother O.C., I'm doing good, man. You know I'm listening, man. I may not say much, but I'm listening. Well, I appreciate you listening uh, all the, the time, man. The brother, just, the brother just used an analogy, and I got three quick points. He used okay. an analogy of a dog, and the dog bites him. I'm, I'm not going to keep going out that door. Mm-hmm. What he what he actually is basically saying to me is we keep trying integration and <laughs> mm-hmm. this is what we're getting yes. from it. So yes. we're going to keep doing it until it works. It's never going to work. We think there's no such thing as integration. We there may think, be social integration, but there's no financial integration. No. There's no cultural actual actual cultural integration. No. Um, also, brother it's, said you know you what it said, is, brother Herb. What it is is forced assimilation. The integration integration means that the good qualities, and I know you, you're my brother, I love you, that you have and what I have, we bring them together, we integrate them. We respect each other's uh, 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 way to do things, we respect each other's mind, we respect each other. So, so we integrate that, and that becomes a way for us to, you know, uh, to move forward. That's integration. No, there never been an integration. They said that's what it was. No, but it was forced assimilation. See, that's correct. Yeah. Then you and you you also said that uh, the system they have a system of, of not um, of, of a system of of getting rid of Africans in Argentina mm-hmm. and by by not letting them marry into uh, right. they they have to they marry even, into they, a white race or something to that right. Well, they, let's be clear. They're doing the same thing here. Because, look, Oshie, you couldn't have told me 10 years ago that a man would be marrying another man and kissing him in the mouth on national, on regular mm, television. Yeah, good. So you, couldn't have, you could have paid yeah. me to believe that. Yeah. So now you're telling me, now you're telling me, you, they slow-walked you, they, not me, but they slow-walked people into that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. now th- this is where we are. Mm-hmm. But th- now they're looking on television, they're slow-walking you into the system of, a, of getting rid of black people. Yeah. Because you see the black man yeah. with the white woman or the white woman with the black man. Yes. But you never you see that whole white family. Right. I see a whole white family on TV. The next minute I see a black guy taking some pills and he with this white woman. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're doing the same thing here. They're just slow walking us into that very slowly to get us in to get us to where and, they want us to be. And to make I us believe that, and to make us believe. That this is integration. That it, that we have a better system. We have a better society. It's more equitable. It's more fair. It's more right. What an illusion! What what an illusion! An, an illusion of inclusion. Yes. We oh we in we here now. We've arrived. Uh, Obama took us to the other side. No, 
Africa is still being exploited. Biden just went over to Africa and, and met with these African leaders because he's afraid because China's coming in full bore. They're coming in with $100 billion, mm-hmm. maybe even more. The United States just claimed that they're going to give 50-some billion dollars, 50-some million, some smaller mm-hmm. number. And, he, and, and Biden apologized. What are you apologizing for? Every country in this world has exploited Africa. Every There's not a country in this world that has not gone into Africa and taken something that didn't belong to them. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't through slavery, it was through their minerals and their resources. And we mm-hmm. all know that. Mm-hmm. So what are you apologizing for? I don't want an apology. I want repair. Yeah. I want you to repair this. Right. And it's another word they use called reparations, which Biden won't even say that word. And Obama, if, you see, if Obama said it, he loses hair. So he never <laughs> said it. So they're yeah. not fixing anything. They're no. giving you lip service, exactly. as they exactly. always do. But Oshie, just us saying what we're saying right now, and the world is listening. Mm-hmm. The world is listening. You're change, You're touching and changing someone. I watched really quickly. I watched this, the movie Till the other night because I can watch these okay. movies. Didn't go to see it, but I saw it. Okay. And these black people were in that movie, and they were dressed up in their in their hats and their dresses. Yeah. And the men had on their suits. Yeah, in the fifties, brother. And yeah. You couldn't, you couldn't tell these brothers and sisters that they didn't look good. good look good. I mean, That's the fifties. Yeah. Like dark skinned white people. <laughs> With big lips. Yeah. Come on now. You couldn't tell them they wouldn't. Man, yeah. And the one thing they're going to say, oh, oh, the, 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 the clothes they had on was so great. Well, what, what African clothes did they have on? None. Because these people were all African right. in this movie. Right. Whoopi Goldberg was in this movie. Oh, okay. They were Africans. Mm-hmm. Then nobody had on any African clothing whatsoever. They all were dressed like white people with dark skin. Mm-hmm. And they, you couldn't tell them they didn't look good because whoever creates your reality come on now oh, they dude, have the yeah. power yeah but do. the power was in the they clothing i mean the clothing you, yeah. was to the t mm-hmm. i mean from the hat to the shoes yeah the sister's hair was relaxed laid dyed laid <laughs> to the side you mm-hmm. could tell these black people they didn't look good yeah no you didn't you look like white people and they were they were killing you because you were african mm-hmm. africans have had have had it hard for so long, it's it, it, every. I was watching really quick. My mind goes all over the place when I listen to your show because you make me, you give me a sense of hope when I hear brothers talking of like mind, brothers who understand, brothers who get it. It makes me think there is a light at the end of this tunnel. Mm-hmm. And we're halfway down there. And, and, it they, and it's starting to be more resistance because they're getting afraid. The right. closer you get to it, the more afraid these white people get. Wait a minute, these brothers can't talk like this. How do you, if, if this catches on, if they if others start talking like you, what we gonna do? Yeah. Well, we got to talk like this, boss, don't we? No, we don't. I can speak the king's English, mm-hmm. but I would rather speak Swahili. But they don't teach that in the school I went to, because they were they were cutting the, all the African out of me. Mm. That's why they cut Toby's leg off, his foot off, to cut mm-hmm. that African out of him. That's right. But the African's in me, Oshi. That's right. It's in me, whether I'm in Africa right. or not. It's in me. Yeah. I'm an African, and so are you. That's right. Because see, that's, that's no like the same, that. just like the same, brother Irv. You know, I'm an African, <laughs> not because I was born in Africa, but Africa was born in me. In me. In me. Come on. 
And I well, if anybody this, yeah. in this country looks like an African, it's got to be me. Yeah. I look more like an African than anybody else here. <laughs> so that's for so sure. Now? Yeah. But so no, my point I, the point I'm making is is just us having these conversations three days a week, um, just having the conversations. Mm-hmm. We're we're winning. Yeah, we are winning. Well, We've already won. Being white cons- folks are backpedaling. Yeah. They and the, the guy said they want to go back. White folks been saying that for uh, we got to go back and make America great again. Mm-hmm. They're going to go back. They only want to go back to as far as they want to go. I want to go all the way back, mm-hmm. way back. Right. Let's go all the way back and see how dark it gets. Mm. Because it's it, come on now. Yeah, and they know that. And they know. They know if we keep going back. It's yeah. not going to be blackwashed no more because you can't get that black off yeah. you. Yeah. And it's going to go all the way back to the beginning. And the beginning, the Cain and Abel's, <laughs> these are black people. Yeah. And, the, and Africans wrote because... it in stone because they knew that white folks was going to try to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. So they put it in stone. Mm-hmm. They put it in the pyramids in the stone. Yep. Why would you write in stone, Oshi? Yeah. Why would you? Because <laughs> you wanted to could... That's right, for eternity. You, that's correct. They exactly. knew that they were going to try to hide the Herb. truth. What, say what, Jay? I got a question for Irv. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, brother. Hey, Irv, what was yeah. America ever great? Because I, I, I mean, I hear y'all brothers <laughs> make that damn comment uh, about America was great. I want to know, when was America ever great? Because <laughs> this is not what greatness is supposed to be in my mind not at all. <laughs> It so if you great. can let me know, I will pass it along <laughs> the next time I hear one of y'all participate about how America was great or they make become great. It was in 1976 or some <laughs> shit like that. It was it was it was great when they were dropping atomic bombs on on Japanese. It was great when they were swinging black people from trees. It was great. When they were raping twelve-year-old girls, talking about I'm Thomas Jefferson and uh, I'm having babies with this little girl, and I'm and I'm a father of the country. So you was a you was a pedophile. Yeah, that's when it was great. Yeah, when but, Pocahontas but, but, went but, over uh, to the pilgrim and said, "I want to be your wife. I want to be a, a Christian like you," and turned on her people. That's when it was great. It was great for but them. Herb, it was never great for us. Yeah. But Herb, you know what's deep? Take what you first said when they were dropping bombs on Japan, right? Now, mm-hmm. if you look at it indirectly, Japan be dropping bombs on America. That's right. And they don't even know it. <laughs> that's revenge. And that's what black people are doing. Look, look that's at what I, we're doing. You know, they, and they we're sh- doing it through knowledge. Yeah. I'm telling you, yeah. knowledge is something that you – it's bigger than a bomb. Mm. Uh, knowledge is bigger than a bomb because when you put knowledge in a child – he will do things he he never knew he could do. He go places mm-hmm. he never thought he could go. That's right. Because of knowledge. Yeah. And that's what we're dropping on these yeah. on these white folks. We're long after we're gone. Just like me, John Henry Clark, we're still yeah. quoting John Henry Clark. He gone. Right. He, he, he ain't gone no more. Yes, he is. He's been there. His spirit is Just always like with me. Rogers, his spirit is always with me. He will never me. die. That's right. Doc Rogers yeah. will never die. Let me let me let me catch this other caller. Uh, go ahead, brother. Brother 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 Paul, is that you? Unknown caller. I hate unknown callers. I can't decide. Yeah, you can't do this. Who is uh, unknown caller? Is that you? Or whoever it is, you're on. We're already over time. So, whoever that is. Go, yes. Okay, go ahead. That's Paul. 
I'm doing well. Um, Bob, Bob, yes. Bob Ochi, did yes. you ever hear, um, did you ever hear um, or, or you see uh, what happened um, a few months ago at the border of Morocco when those um, Africans which were trying to get into U- Europe were contained in Morocco? Right, yes. Did you ever see that? Yes. Where, yeah. where they were, uh, where, where the border guards opened fire and killed um, Right. I saw that. At least I didn't see it. I, I read a little bit about it. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's interesting that they um, refer to Morocco as the first African country to um, to actually uh, get so far in the World <laughs> Cup. Right. When in reality, there's been no recognition that um, brutal onslaught of those Africans. Um, and something else which is very interesting. You, are you aware of um, this new American embassy they're building in the Gambia? In Gambia? No. Mm-mm. I know they have the biggest one in Ghana. Yeah. Well, they're building a big. Uh, they're building a bigger one in the Gambia, and it's just quite interesting. And as you talk about Ghana, uh, I was listening to a speech that their um, president made. Yes. For, Thank you for. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna talk about that on Wednesday's program. You know the yeah, speech that he made. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I, 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 I hear you saying go to Africa, but <laughs> the reality is, man, you've got uh, President Adol, uh, Adol, um, whatever his name is. Adu. Um, yeah. Suggesting President you know, Adu. Beg, beg, begging, begging uh, for American assistance mm-hmm. to come and, and fight against. Russian mercenaries. What kind of madness is that? I mean, in reality, man, we're dealing with some serious madness in this time. I mean, how dare he beg those who came and enslaved and are true to this day treating African-Americans like they're nothing, murdering them in the street. He's begging them to come and save him from the Russians. Man, we need to wake up. Yeah, I hear you, brother. Yeah. 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 Once again, we have no friends, family. I know it's already 115. Uh, here and I went over, but uh, I want to thank each and every one of you. I uh, hope you can get a chance to listen on Wednesday. Uh, Friday, I'm going to talk about Kwanzaa, and we'll have Kwanzaa all next week. And and really, is to me, it's not just it's not a holiday. It's a life changing, life affirming uh, direction that we as Africans needs to go because the underlying theme of it is unity, and that's what we need: functional unity. So I thank you all, brother Paul, brother brother Irv, Jay. Brother, brother Rick, all of you brothers and sisters that are listening, appreciate that. We end this program like we end all of our programs with the words of Stephen Biko. The most potent weapon in the hands of the oppressor is the minds of the oppressed. This program is dedicated and committed to helping to free the African mind. Not just the M-I-N-D, but the M-I-N-E, because under the feet of African people lies all of the resources that everybody wants, think they can't do it out, and they sure in the hell don't want to pay for it. Brothers and sisters, you have a blessed and wonderful day. Shim Hotep means go in peace. Asante Sana means thank you. Bivivorie means our victorious destiny. Brothers and sisters, we will be victorious. Have a blessed day, family. Hope to see you on Wednesday. Peace. <laughs>